0: Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, gas, grass, or justice. Nobody rides for free. Ruthie brings the case against her partner, Chris. She says he pledged to get a driver's license years ago, but he hasn't fulfilled his promise. Chris says he's on track to get the license, but he's been slowed down by difficulties with driving practice. Should Chris be held to a strict timeline to acquire the license? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Now,
1: Chris and Ruthie, I want you to take a good look here at my cup of Malort brand wormwood-flavored liquor from Chicago. Now, I love my Malort brand wormwood-flavored liquor from Chicago. It's probably the only thing I cherish on this godforsaken mud ball called Earth. What I'm trying to say, Chris and Ruthie, is that most Internet judges rely on this book of laws... But I don't believe in that shit. What I do believe in is my cup of Malort brand Wormwood flavored liquor from Chicago. Now this Malort is flavored with Wormwood. It is very strong. It's for two-fisted drinkers. It says on the label. And if it falls on me, it'll probably burn a hole through my leg, right? Like alien blood burning right through the deck of the Nostromo, right? Right? Speak up, Chris and Ruthie, right? One can only assume. Nobody likes to get a hole burned through their leg, do they? Right, Chris and Ruthie? No. No. So it's simple. You burn a hole through my leg with this acid liquor. You fail. You don't. You pass. Jesse,
0: swear them in. Please stand and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? Yes. Yes. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling despite the fact that he hasn't driven since the mid-70s and is conveyed everywhere by a chauffeur. And when I say by a chauffeur, I mean in one of those carriages like in Central Park? Yes. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Chris and Ruthie, for
1: an immediate summary judgment in your favor, can you name the culture that I was referencing, the piece of culture that I was referencing as I entered the courtroom? Chris, do you know?
2: I can't say that I do.
1: Ruthie? No. May I turn to special guest expert witness Paul F. Tompkins? Do you recognize the piece of culture that I was paraphrasing? No, I don't. All right. I'm not surprised that none of you, or at least you, Chris, and you, until recently, Paul, are not familiar with this. It was the film License to Drive.
0: (laughs) It seemed like a gimme. That's a trick. I recognized it as Corey-like, but I couldn't put a further finger on it. It was the film License to Drive, script written by Neil Tolkien.
1: (laughs) And uh, obviously I made some changes to the words. 1988. If it pleased the court. Please. Oh, it does. Please. (laughs)
3: Uh, Did you quote that out of your own familiarity with the
1: film license to drive was perhaps something you researched, especially for this episode of the podcast. Do you want to know something, Paul? In a sense, the answer is yes. From my own familiarity. (laughs) (laughs) What what sense would that be your honor? Well, when I was trying to think of something to say, Uh I had two, I had two thoughts that, that filtered in to my mind from when I worked in the video store in New Haven, Connecticut. From the nice. years 1992, I would say 1991 to 1993. And one was, I could see if there was something from License to Drive, but that's sort of on the nose. <laughs> or, I wonder if I could remember what the movie, and well, no, here's, here's what I thought. I could see if there's something from License to Drive, but that's on the nose, and I know I've never seen that movie. Mm-hmm. I said with full <laughs> confidence, believing that I have power over my own recollection. And two, I thought, well, another thing would be there was some movie that had a monologue by a driver's uh, by a driving instruction about how if his cup of coffee falls into his lap, the person fails. That would be good to quote, but there's no way I'm going to be able to find that particular monologue on the Internet. So I might as well go to License to Drive and just pick out the hack thing there that no one will remember because it's a terrible movie. And what I realized was that monologue comes from that movie. There we go. So I must have seen it at some point, which means at some point during my tenure working in the video store, I made a decision to put that movie on. And that's very terrifying to me because I know I didn't watch all of the movies in that video store. (laughs) So why would I have ever gotten to License to Drive? (laughs) (laughs) But Paul... (laughs) I have I have asked you to to be an expert witness in this case because this case revolves around uh, a, a gentleman in this case Chris is is uh, is not getting a driver's license to date and and how old are you now Chris thirty right you're thirty years old you've never had a driver's license correct that's right you didn't have one but lose it because you ran over a bunch of kids or something.
2: No, right. No,
1: not yet. And Paul, you, you only recently in your life got, as an adult, you also got a driver's license, rather, rather, rather late in the game, in the traditional driver's license getting game.
3: Before I answer your question, okay. I would like to state that uh, I assumed I was here under false pretenses and that there was a surprise party waiting for me. Now that, <laughs> that is out of the way. Um, yes, that is correct. <laughs> I uh, got my driver's license at the age of 42,
1: 42 oh. years old. And so I will be relying on you to listen to Chris and Ruthie's testimony today and, where possible, add insight into the mindset of a man like Chris, (laughs) who has not gotten his driver's license, even though he promised.
3: I will bring all the benefits of my experience to bear to the best of my ability. All right. Thank you.
1: Now, Ruthie, you bring this case against Chris, and the reason that you do is that he's lazy? What's the
4: problem? Well, he told me in April of 2011 that he would get his driver's license and um he you know I, I don't like to push him to do things and I thought, you know, Obviously. in in, <laughs> in his own time and I don't want to be a nag or anything. Right. So I think in October or November, we were having a conversation about traveling. And he said something that, like, greatly angered me. And it made me think about, um, you know, pursuing litigation against him. Um, and, we that, were talking about and that tra-
1: statement was?
4: Well, he basically he said that he would not want to go anywhere that he has to drive to.
1: And that's angered and you because?
4: Because it's patently false. And right. He's gone plenty of places that, that he has to drive to. Except he isn't, and I just,
1: he isn't driving. He's getting other people to drive him there, including me.
4: Exactly. Uh, let
1: exactly. me back up just a little bit. You, you, two, uh, you two are uh, a couple? Yes. How long have you been a couple?
2: About three years.
1: I, obviously, Chris, you are the, the designated couple archivist because you jumped right in to answer these questions, <laughs> even though I was talking to Ruthie. You've been you've been you've been been a couple for three years. Do you does that does that conform to your understanding of the situation, Ruthie? Three years. (laughs) Pretty much. Okay. And do you live together? Do you cohabitate?
4: Not yet. I mean, we live together, but then I moved to go to graduate school.
1: So So where do you live now, Ruthie?
4: In Lafayette, Indiana,
1: In Lafayette, Indiana, a, a town known for its incredible public transportation system. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> its buses, its streetcars, its romantic trolleys, a, a, a guy doesn't need to drive around Lafayette. I was just reading about Lafayette,
0: Indiana in Monocle magazine.
1: sure? I'm sure. I'm sure it was I'm sure it was a profile of their amazing monorail system. It was. And and their people movers and their conveyor
0: belt sidewalks. And they have those uh bus stations that are like uh subway stations but for buses like they have in South America and all the design people want to tell you about.
1: Yeah, exactly. And but
0: Chris do you live there
1: in Lafayette the 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 dream city of tomorrow where no no where where segways are handed out on every street corner? Do you uh, live no, there not as well? Yet. No. Okay. <laughs> so you moved to Lafayette to go to graduate school? Yes. In what subject may I ask?
4: Plant sciences. <laughs> <laughs> Forget. <laughs> Forgive me.
0: I will. Come on, Forgive Paul. <laughs> I, I'm not uh,
3: familiar with that field of study, and I've never heard those words put together and expressed <laughs> that
1: way before. There was something. What? There was something. There was something a little resigned about, like I'm going to say these words, and I know you're going to laugh. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> plant it does sciences. Matter. Yeah, it sounds a little made up.
4: Paul, what you, do you think what, agriculture
3: is? What, what, I think it's I think it's agriculture. Yeah,
4: and 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 it uses plant science to improve agriculture. Oh, but
0: agriculture means plant science. Yeah, I mean you
4: wouldn't, you
0: wouldn't go to college. I think what Paul is saying is you wouldn't go to college for metal science, for example.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm yes, I'm uh, studying to be a doctor, so
1: I have to go to guts fixing school. <laughs> Paul, uh, Paul, or Jesse, when when uh, Ruthie said plant sciences, did either one of you picture as I did a bunch of plants in lab coats? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I my mind immediately went to uh, Alec Holland,
3: the swamp thing. Ah, <laughs> sure, of course, the greatest plant scientist. Surely you have a framed portrait of him somewhere.
1: <laughs> a scientist who is also a plant. Uh, okay, Ruthie. So you went to you went to Lafayette's famous School of Plant Sciences, and <laughs> yes. uh, leaving Chris behind. In where? Chris, where do you live? Baltimore. Baltimore, another city with its very, very famous public transportation system. That's right. That's right. Uh, the famous, they call it the gondola city because there's a gondola <laughs> on every
0: street corner that will take you to wherever you need to go. And you can get one of those crab sleds, right? Mm-hmm. But people know all of this stuff. They've seen The Wire. Right. right. <laughs> exactly.
1: The scuttling crab sleds of Baltimore. <laughs> uh, well, Baltimore, I mean, I guess we, you, it's a major city. You live downtown? Yeah and you, you can take cabs wherever you need to go and that sort of thing.
2: Sure. Yeah, exactly. You're,
1: you're, a, you're, a, you're a wealthy drug dealer and you have a guy who drives you around in Escalade. <laughs> yes. All right. well, that's more like it. And now, now your girlfriend, Ruthie has moved to Lafayette and there is no way for you to get to her because you never learned to drive. Before I ask you to defend this position, let me, let me ask you, why did you, never, why did you never get a driver's license when you were a child? I presume you are not 16 years old? No, you're 30. We already established that. Yes. So why did you not get a driver's license at the time when most people do get driver's licenses?
2: I guess I just didn't feel like it. Uh, oh, well. It was, um...
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for, for, take, for taking the effort to, uh, to press go on Skype today, because obviously you're someone who doesn't, who doesn't, get, doesn't get pressured into doing anything.
2: Well, at least at least um part of it was that uh the driving instruction you know that they offered through my high school right um well, I was uh late almost every day to high school right, and so I had to go to detention almost every day, so sure. there was really no way that I could make the uh the driving lessons um in high school
1: yeah because you were, you were late, you were late to high school every day because you were too busy sitting at home at your Scrivener's desk saying, I would prefer not to.
2: (laughs) Uh, yes, that's right. (laughs) Uh,
1: where did you go to high school?
2: Um, I went to Baltimore Polytechnic Institute.
1: And how did you get to high school from home? I took the bus, like most of my fellow students. You took the special light bus? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Was there a a second bus for students who wished to be late and so they could skip driver's ed?
2: Actually, in a way, there was, um... Because the bus schedule basically was – the the bus only came, like, every, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. It's and, a city bus. Uh, oh, I
3: right, thought it was a school bus. A, no. no you took, oh, mm-hmm. you took the city it bus. The, it, it
2: was the MTA bus. Oh, and, you took public uh,
1: transportation, and you realized that because that worked out so well for you, <laughs> you, would, you, you would never get a driver's license. So basically you're just saying – Not never, just not at that time. So your your answer to you didn't get a driver's license in high school – the reason that you didn't get a driver's license in high school is that they started the classes too early, man.
2: That was a good impression of 16-year-old Chris.
1: Well, I think it's a pretty good impression of 30-year-old Chris. <laughs> 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 what is your profession if, if you deign to have one in Charm City?
2: Um, I actually work in Washington, D.C. Wow. Um, uh, I'm a, a web, um, you know, uh, I, I, do, uh, I maintain the website of my organization.
1: Which I presume is the Illuminati because you refused to mention it on my podcast.
2: <laughs> well, it's called the National Academy of Science.
1: Oh, National Academy of Plant Science or just regular science?
3: Dirt science they- by any chance?
1: <laughs> Shiny gem science?
2: They, they, have, they have plant science as well. Ruthie used to work there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and is that how you guys met? It is yeah. working. Working in a lab for Alec Holland, the Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's right. Okay. So you. So how do you get? To, how do you get to work? You take the. You take the Metro, the famous carpeted subways I, I, of I Washington DC. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: No, I take the, the the Mark train. It's a commuter train between uh, between Baltimore and DC.
1: You know, its uh, its real name is Samuel Clemens. Oh, you beat me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was considering,
3: I was considering. Oh, really, were you going to say this or thing? not?
1: We, we, yeah, you were, you, were, you were considering to rule it out because it was too. It I was hesitated too, and was lost. It was too mixed Sweeney's twee. I snooze oh. and thus I lose. Mm-hmm. I can't believe, I can't believe I got there before you did, Paul. <laughs> I figured you actually had to have fallen asleep in order Let, to let that be a lesson to <laughs> So I didn't get my driver's license until I was 19. But you made a promise, did you not? What moved you to make this promise in 2011?
2: I do not recall this specific date. Perhaps Ruthie can elaborate.
1: Oh. Ruthie. I I, I I, do
2: not deny that it happened. I just don't remember. When your
1: docket (laughs) came across my judge's bench, you (laughs) indicated that a promise was made in 2011 that, that, uh, that Chris was going said he would get his driver's license and, and actively pursue getting a driver's license. Uh, is that so? And what were the circumstances of that promise being made?
4: Well, I had a seizure in April of 2011. I'm sorry to hear And that. yes, it, it was very unpleasant. And so then I couldn't drive for a year.
1: Was it a plant experiment it, gone awry that caused it? <laughs>
4: I only wish that might, that sounds like it could have possibly been fun, but no,
1: mm-hmm.
4: it was a I'm bunch of different you. things. Oh,
1: well, How are fine. you feeling now?
4: <laughs> Better so far.
1: Okay. So you had a seizure, I hope not mm-hmm. while driving.
4: No, 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 thankfully not. Right. But.
1: And Chris, and were you living together at that time in, in Baltimore? No. But you guys were together at the time?
4: Yes. yes. Okay. And I lived in Washington, D.C. And
1: you lived in Washington, D.C. You were together... And, and Chris turned to you as you guys went out on a nice date on the city bus
4: <laughs> and
1: said, you know what, what did he say?
4: Yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll get my driver's license or something like that.
1: But, but Chris, you deny ever having made such a, a promise.
2: Uh, I don't deny it. I just don't remember it. I, I suspect that it was more of a, declaration than
1: a promise, but uh, sure. And by declaration meaning (laughs) the words that you came out of your mouth had no bearing on whatsoever on the on the behavior that was going (laughs) to (laughs) follow.
2: Well it didn't it didn't it didn't start with I I hereby promise uh Ruthie um that I shall perform this task.
1: It was a declaration in the in the sense of oh you know what? Tomorrow I'm not gonna be late for school and go to detention. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. You've been a lazy deadbeat all your life, isn't that right, Chris? <laughs> Don't wait for the translation. Answer the question. Have you been a lazy yes. deadbeat all your life? I yeah, have pretty. You. I think most people would say that. How do you get around when you need a ride? You get Ruthie to drive you around? Sometimes. Occasionally. Ruthie, what kind of car do you drive?
4: A Honda Civic. It's
1: very responsible. Sounds like just like you. Sounds like someone <laughs> who got their act together and, and what, took drivers in. <laughs> All right, no, so my you know,
4: father made me get up at 5.30 in the morning.
1: Oh, tomorrow. right. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I blame Chris's parents. Whether or not you made this promise, whether or not you call it a promise, or whether or, uh, you, you call it just affirmative mouth noises that mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> did you then take steps to get your learner's permit? Well, I had had my learner's permit uh, already. Oh, okay. When did, you get, when did you get that? I've had it for a while. Um, I would guess so. You're 30 years old, and most people get it when they're yeah. 16. But can you can you give me an age between 16 and 30?
2: Uh, probably 16.
1: I'm not sure that's still valid.
2: Well, I've gotten it renewed a, a couple of times since. then. So you've
1: gone <laughs> through the you went through the process of getting the learner's permit renewed. Mm-hmm. How many times would you say you got it renewed? Six. Camden, Camden Yards me ballpark it. <laughs> I'm probably about six. You Hear that, Paul? I made a I made a sports reference. Pretty good. Oh, I, that's what that was. Yeah. A Baltimore sports a Baltimore, reference. A Baltimore <laughs> ball, ball sports reference. What is, required to, uh,
3: to, uh, what is required to acquire your learner's permit? What do you have to do?
2: Uh, you just have to take a, um, a knowledge test and division test and prove that you are who you say you are to the satisfaction of the MBA ladies. I'm, did Sorry. you just say a division test? No, a vision test. Like <laughs> just, like, uh,
3: I also heard division test. <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> and that's it. So, so by now, uh, you, you pretty much have the driver's manual <laughs> memorized. So well, I
2: only had to take the, the test really
3: once. But you keep getting the, the learner's permit renewed? What do you have to do to get it renewed?
2: Oh, you just go down there and give them the old one and they print you off a new one.
1: You have to say something like, Still learning. Uh, no i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this test but right now i'm just making a really good outline (laughs) paul you're someone who got your driver's license rather late in life compared compared to other humans yes compared to most humans and can you is there anything in what chris is saying to you that you sympathize with can you explain why someone would delay this my explanation
3: for why I did uh, sure. may be different from the explanation that Chris is presenting. I would ask Chris this question. Mm-hmm. Is there any uh, part of this uh, delay that is fear-based? I don't think so. other although... no the questions.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll allow it. I grew up in Philadelphia where it was uh, pretty easy to get around without a car. Uh, Then moved to Los Angeles where it is impossible to get around without a car. And it caused me great uh, stress, anxiety, and shame for um, more than a decade. And then I lived in New York City for a year where I was on a level playing field with everyone else using subway cabs and everything and there was no shame or self-loathing. Came back to Los Angeles and realized that I was ready now to embrace the independence that driving – gave me and I got past the fear in that way. And what I did was I took, uh, professional driving lessons and told myself, I will take these lessons until I feel comfortable, uh, going for my license. And that's what I did. The idea. And how long did that, that take? About 15 years? That, <laughs> oh, if only, uh, if only I started this process, uh, that long ago. Um, I think I took, uh, uh, around so I did like 12 sessions of driving lessons, uh, which are three hours each, and then felt uh, sufficiently comfortable to go for the driving test. I will say that uh, the idea that you just don't feel like it is not something that I can relate to, um, and uh, I certainly have
0: uh, my own ideas about, uh, about that. You know, Judge Hodgman, I didn't learn to drive until I was in my 20s, albeit my early 20s, mm-hmm. and it was because I just didn't feel like it. So what made the change for you, Jesse. I was living in Santa Cruz, California, where I was attending uh, university, the University of California at Santa Cruz, and uh, I wanted a way to leave Santa Cruz uh, without having to take a greyhound bus <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also uh, the other issue was you know I grew up in San Francisco where it was sort of uh, not an important thing, and I didn't have the money to pay for the extra insurance on my parents' cars if I uh, had gotten my license mm-hmm. and By the time I was in college, I had a job, so it was no longer financially prohibitive. And I also took professional lessons, and uh, I didn't didn't have a lot of fear issues, so I I only had to take a couple. And I remember thinking, oh my God, driving is so easy. Why didn't I learn to drive a long time ago? (laughs) All you do is press the go button or the stop button and turn this wheel to change directions. I, I think I, those are pedals, actually. I'm, <laughs> glad, I'm glad that we had a chance.
2: Certainly to the money was a part of it for me as well, I will say.
3: Although that only comes up just now. Sure. Oh, that's thank it. You. I, <laughs> Right. I will say this as well. I had a similar experience to Jesse's in that once I started doing it, I could not believe that I hadn't been doing it before. The, the relative ease of it and the freedom that it granted
1: me uh, were, and still, uh, because I'm still relatively new to it, still exhilarating to me. Paul and Jesse, thank you very much for sharing your stories. I'm glad we had a time to share here in the conversation pit. Now, Chris... <laughs> <laughs> I hope that
3: the courtroom sketch artist was able to capture the single tear rolling down my cheek as I told my story
1: <laughs> I think they put you down for five tears for whatever reason the sketch artist loves tears
3: I've, I've also murdered four
0: people
1: <laughs> <laughs> those are tattoos yeah. four of them are tattoos one of them is
0: a play.
1: <laughs> but Chris, now that you've heard these moving testimonials that, I, that, are, that are honest and bracing, can you make a coherent argument or your own delay, that sounds as, as human and real as Jesse and Paul's, so that you don't sound like a sociopath who just parrots what they say in order to seem like another human?
2: <laughs> Probably not. Um, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I, uh, I mean, uh, you know, to me, I, 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 would, I, I, would, I think, maybe I'm wrong, that the issue uh, at the court is not whether or not I should get my driver's license, which I fully agree that I should. You did, Just, uh,
1: yes. Okay. So why have you not gotten your driver's license? Is it just that you haven't felt like dealing with it? You never had to, bef- you never really had to deal with it because you live in, in, uh, in Baltimore, the city that reads in Washington, DC, the district of Columbia.
2: Um, partly it is yes, that I never really had to, mm-hmm. um, Certainly also a part of it is that... Um,
1: By the way, I love that chime indicating a personal insight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, is that I, un, un, unlike, unlike uh, you guys, I, um, it does not come naturally to me at all. In fact, it sort of requires uh, many of the skills that I'm particularly bad at.
3: May, may, I, um, may I stop you right there? Sure. It doesn't come naturally to anybody. It's an extremely <laughs> unnatural thing to do.
0: Well, characters a, on the Transformers, it comes naturally <laughs> to them. Well, yeah,
3: they're not here, are they?
0: No, that's you point really, taken. You
3: really should have called
0: Optimus Prime. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's a thing that you
3: learn to do and that you have to practice at in order to get <clears throat> better at.
2: Certainly, and, and I just mean that it's, I don't find it particularly fun or freeing.
1: <laughs> May I ask you this question? Mm-hmm. Have you ever found learning to be fun to do? I'll answer for you. No, uh, it's, yes, never, when it's never I was fun. five. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun. Learning is not fun. Having learned is frequently awesome. Mm-hmm. But you speak to the most important point. If I were to ask you, if it were up to you and, you, and you, had, you had no Ruthie in your life, would you never get a driver's license?
2: I suspect that I would get one eventually. Eventually, uh, sure.
1: 42, 44, 60, 65, right.
2: right. If there was another girl that came along that that
1: really wanted me to do it. Do you have a compelling...
4: Whoa! Whoa! Uh, (laughs) wonder. I wonder if it would be done in a more prompt fashion for her.
0: What qualities would qualify the different girl to be worth getting a driver's license for that your current girlfriend, who's on the line right now, does not satisfy? Yeah, well, that hard. really wasn't the question. That's what if you
1: said, wasn't but but the, I, will, I, will <laughs> your answer. I will allow the very unorthodox posing of a direct
0: question by the bailiff. <laughs> Let the record state that the bailiff posed a question because he is aghast. <laughs> it is so noted. No,
2: the question was that if Ruthie wasn't around, and if there was no such thing as Ruthie, then maybe there would be someone else who this would is, encourage
1: me to do this. Guys, this, this is to getting to deep. This, this is getting deep. This is getting existential now. There were no such thing as Ruthie. But there is a Ruthie. Ruthie has had a seizure. Ruthie, do you feel unsafe driving now because of your seizure?
4: I mean, it makes me nervous, but I am on medication, okay. and it, I waited the 12 months.
3: May, may I ask Chris uh, uh, two uh, quick questions, please? Sure. Um, number one, do you, find the, do you find the process of learning to drive a frustrating experience?
2: I wouldn't say that it's frustrating, but it is unpleasant as we stipulated to previously.
3: <laughs> why, why is it unpleasant again? I'm sorry. Well, um,
2: I, it, it sort of requires of me, um, skills that are, I've always been bad at hand, eye coordination, focusing for more than a few minutes at a time, right. um, on the task at hand, that you, kind of do thing. Do you play video
1: games? No. Hmm. Are you, are you automotively dyslexic? That's possible. I, I haven't been diagnosed.
3: <laughs> um, and let me ask you this, Chris. Uh, have you ever driven a car uh all by yourself where you were the only person in
1: the vehicle? No, but that would be illegal wouldn't it without a without a licensed driver your driver It illegal.
3: would be illegal, but that is the freedom uh that's where the the feeling of freedom really comes in because you don't have somebody looking over your shoulder, you don't mm-hmm. have somebody telling you what to do. you can go anywhere you like in that car. It's
1: all up to you you're in complete control. <laughs> Paul, I, I appreciate your trying to uh, – uh, I think you're projecting upon Chris your own well-deserved feeling of
0: personal uh, triumph for having Jesse, overcome. Would you, would you agree? Would you agree? I would agree. I also project that onto him.
3: And it might be for, – for you, Your Honor, it might be that it's been longer for you than it has for Jesse or myself since you have learned to drive as you uh, started at a younger age than we did. And so perhaps you forget what it was like to uh, be in
0: command of the car all by yourself for the first time. I, mean, I also learned to drive in part out of love because my now wife, then girlfriend, didn't live in Santa Cruz. And having the option of driving uh, was very important because it allowed me well, to visit her.
1: Well, no, I'm, I, 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 it may be that I, uh, that I, no, I have a memory of driving for the first time. And I still get excited every time I get into a car, especially if I get into a car by myself, because then I get to listen to my podcast real loud. Mm-hmm. But saying that to Chris, a person who has avoided driving a car for a long time is like trying to de- trying to describe an alternate dimension uh, th- featuring colors that he can't see yet. Indeed, I was just I was just responding. I,
3: t- I take your point, but I was responding right. to his right. uh, his statement that it is um, uh, he did not feel that sense of freedom. And I'm and I'm I'm saying here's why it will come eventually.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It, it, it is sort of like a, it is like an exercise regimen where for the first the first three months of running on a treadmill like an animal, you feel terrible and you hate it. And then something will happen, will click in and suddenly you are able to run like an animal on a treadmill <laughs> <laughs> and it feels great. You feel like the bionic man. Uh, so, so I, I don't know I, if, 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 if Chris could understand in his obvious, obviously lazy brain, <laughs> the feeling that he would eventually have once he overcomes this milestone, then he would do it, but he can't, he can't understand until mm-hmm. it happens. So there has to be an outside compulsion to do it that has to overcome whatever's preventing him from doing it. At this point I'm still a little unsure of what's really preventing you from doing it, Chris, other than you don't feel like it and you don't really have to, but you do really have to. And there is there is evidence to suggest that you do feel like it because you've been renewing this learner's permit over and over and over again. So, are you going to join Ruthie and Lafayette? I am. A dear old plant science you? You are. All right. <laughs> yes. That,
2: that, that is, that is my, uh, my deadline for acquiring uh, the
1: driver's license. Right. And um, if I were to ask is, you, when are you going to join her? You would mm-hmm. say sometime in the future I, when I get around mm-hmm.
4: to it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Is that correct? <laughs> um, do, you have have, a, do you have I a, have a have date a, certain for, for joining <laughs> <laughs> Ruthie and Lafayette? I have an unofficial deadline of May. An unofficial um, deadline of this May.
4: <laughs> right, I yes, wonder how that, binding that is.
2: It's, well, it's uh, it's related to my current lease. So, um,
0: but it is yeah. unofficial. You haven't notified the appropriate authorities. <laughs> uh, no, not yet. And is there any reason that I sh- that this court
1: should not order you to get your driver's license and drive and uh, and before you go to Lafayette? I'm not going to order you to drive to Lafayette because you'd be a menace to everyone <laughs> around you. Lafayette, uh, however, I think would be no. a perfect place to be able to get to know driving as a licensed driver a little bit better mm-hmm. because it is probably there isn't as much traffic as there is in Baltimore and, uh, and DC, right? I would think not. All right. You entered some evidence. Did you not Chris? I think so. Yeah. Would you like me to consider this evidence? Sure. Do you yeah, have, do you have any, course. do you have any, any belief that it's going to aid your case in any way? No, right. <laughs> I, I
2: have, I had, Little hope coming into this that I, it would be ruled in my favor.
1: You submitted two text message strings that you <laughs> that that you believe display what exactly? What does this demonstrate?
2: Uh, setting up a setting up a, a driving lesson. Setting up a driving two lesson. driving lessons, in fact.
1: With with whom? With my friend Mark. Oh, Mark! <laughs> this is your amateur yes. your your amateur driving instructor, Mark. Yes. All right. Paul, do you have, do you have these, uh, these text strings? Yes, I do, John. All right. For the benefit sure. of the listeners, I'm going to... We're, Paul and I will do a dramatic reenactment of your <laughs> texts <laughs> with your friend and amateur driving instructor, Mark. Paul, uh, in, in these text strings, uh, w- w- which person are you? Are you the gray, per, the gray uh, text balloons or the green text balloons? I will be the gray text balloons. And, and therefore, you'll be playing? Playing Chris. Chris, is that correct? Do I have this correct? All right, good. So I will be the green. I will play Mark. The top of my first text is cut off, so I'll just finish it off. Poker this weekend or next? Also, what are you doing <laughs> Thursday? Want to do a driving lesson?
3: I was actually thinking next week, like the ninth. This Saturday is Lewis's paintball thing. Might go. Thursday could work for driving. Okay, Oh, yeah.
1: Good. Next day. Still on for tomorrow? Yes. Yeah, that seemed like it worked out pretty painlessly, Chris. What is, why is this demonstrating how hard it is to set up a lesson? Because of Lewis's paintball thing?
2: <laughs>
1: and did you go? Did you go? To Lewis's paintball? No, no. no. Let me guess. Yeah, you didn't get around to it, did you? So you could, Somehow you didn't make it. Somehow you didn't make it. kind of woke up that day. I, you were I like went for to the, the after party. You have, sure. You were late. You were late. You were late. (laughs) On to the next text string. I will again be Mark. uh, uh, Paul, you be Chris. Tomorrow or wed would be good days for driving practice for me, if it works for you.
3: Definitely where I was looking, too. I was like, the tongue is not that weird, and they never define
1: height, so it must be somewhere else. Thinking Wednesday, if it's all the same to you. (laughs) Well, then it just goes on to say, yep, that is fine with me. Figure I'll stay there again if that's okay, but... What? what is going on here? I was like, the <laughs> tongue is not that weird, and they never define hive, so it must be somewhere else? A, a different conversation. That's right. This is because of your short attention span that pre- prevents you from mas- <laughs> yes. mastering, mastering the, simp- the simple uh, motor skills, uh, l- literal and figurative, uh, that uh, uh, even the dumbest humans in America can do. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe you can't pay attention to a single conversation at <laughs> a single time. What is the tongue and what is hythe? I just, I just need to know. Um,
2: well, we were having a discussion about um, a particular passage in uh, *Lord of the Rings*. God, uh, oh. no. The book. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. A word that we couldn't remember, and um, that is that is where Mark has has uh, has mentioned that the 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 word that we couldn't remember was neither tongue nor hythe.
1: Yeah, Words have nothing to do with one another, but uh, we'll get to the bottom of that in another podcast. Thank you very much for. <laughs> so it sounds like you are willing to be steamrolled by me and Ruthie. And and I have I have I have no doubt that if I were to order you to get your driver's license and find in Ruthie's favor that you would say okay.
4: Can right? I say something here? Of course. I would just like to point out that all of these text messages came only after I filed charges. If it weren't for that, not even that amount of driving practice would have taken place.
1: Because Chris Chris obviously needs an external stimulus in order to to (laughs) actually do a thing that he says he's going to do because he has no self-discipline.
4: Right, (laughs) and I think this same friend um, submitted evidence on my behalf as well, um, affirming what I just told you.
1: Uh, I have no doubt that Mark... I would never question the, the the testimony of an avowed Lord of the Rings textual scholar. <laughs> but so, Chris, if by some you've made no case for yourself, and I'm not even sure what it is you want. So, is there something is there something that you want other than to get a driver's license? Do you do you not want to get a driver's license? Are you trying to? convince me that you shouldn't have to that it's too hard to do what even a 16 year old in some states 15 and a half year old may do uh no okay no um,
2: i mean i i i've offered um i it, it was in fact ruthie that insisted on on uh on going to court i offered to settle out of court but um i guess yeah i guess my insurances yeah. <laughs> were not um
0: yeah i wonder why i wonder why i wonder why
1: if you say to someone that you're going to do something like get a driver's license or go to a crazy cool paintball party (laughs) they might come under the impression that you maybe aren't good for you you maybe your word isn't good enough well
2: i've i've made some progress towards i did go to driving school um right which is more than I had done for anyone else who would ask me to get my
1: driver's license. How many people have asked you? I mean, your parents, obviously. What's that? A few, A few, yeah. Right. So what you're saying is that, that you have a history of being asked to get a driver's license and not doing it. So again, That's right. what possible reason would I or Ruthie or Paul or Jesse or the Gandalf. podcast listening or Gandalf or hide (laughs) or the tongue, (laughs) have to take you at your word, even if I were to so order you and you were to say yes, I can answer the question for you. Zero reason. (laughs) But you do not have a case that you should not get your driver's license, right? If I were to find in your favor, what would be the outcome that you would desire? Everyone just get off my back?
2: I I guess so, yeah. All right. Be specific. Uh, I mean, again... I've, um, you know, I, I did not really have much hope or desire to, to win the case.
1: Obviously, I find in favor, without even going to chambers, a man, a, a, man, a, man, a man refuses to defend himself or make a case for himself. I have no choice, but, you know, you, you have thrown yourself on the mercy of the court, and I am mercy so I find in favor of uh, the, the, the complainant, Ruthie, But in terms of what I can do in order to compel you at last to do what needs to be done is something that does require some consideration. So I am going to scoot my jazzy over to my chambers and putter about in a circle until I come up with a solution. Uh, I'll be back in a moment.
0: Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Ruth I have to ask you. Is your boyfriend of three years always this contemptuous of your needs and desires?
4: <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's just this particular, this particular issue.
0: So what's yeah. the difference, Chris? Um,
4: I, I, I feel that I've
2: done pretty good so far. So, <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a point of pride for him to not have his driver's license in a way. Um, you know, like he thinks he's so counterculture to 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 have you know not gotten it.
0: Chris, you know that once you have your driver's license, you are not thereby compelled to not travel by other means. I take the subway <laughs> or my bicycle to work sometimes despite the fact that I own a car.
2: <laughs> I I'm I'm not against getting it. I I'm, I'm happy to get it for Ruthie.
3: Hold on a second, Everything <laughs> you said so far indicates that that is not true at all. <laughs> This is the whole point of what we're talking about. Frankly,
0: Chris, you seem like a morally bankrupt man. <laughs> it's not mine to judge, but I have just judged you. You're like Dexter without the voiceover. Oh. Ruthie, what do, you, what do you think is going to be the outcome here?
4: I obviously couldn't think of any way to get this done, so I'm
0: clueless. Chris, how about you? Sorry. Yeah, that's all you can say. I agree. <laughs> Wait, what? Take a break. <laughs> and we'll be back in just a second with Judge John Hodgman's ruling. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge
1: John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts. At maximumfun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic! Just go to maximumfun.org/slash/join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura A U R A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom, or your dad, or your step-grandparent, or your uncle, or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you, it's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, And we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist and Wired Magazine. Right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving, by visiting auraframes.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babel. Okay, it's 2020-24. 2020 20, 20, 20, Oh, if hindsight were 2020. 20, 20, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made. Step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really... Help you speak the language. Babel's quick 10 minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babel. One study found that using Babel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full Semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babel.com/slash Hodgman.
2: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe.
0: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating.
2: Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app.
0: And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom.
1: Well... I am someone who got his driver's license when he was 19 years old for the same reason that Jesse put off getting his driver's license. I lived in a city uh, 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 with good public transportation. It really wasn't necessary to be able to drive. There weren't a lot of places I needed to go to drive. Uh, And indeed, once I turned 19, I was also living in a place where I could bike or walk most places. But uh, I, I appreciated that it was something that needed to get done because if it didn't, It was something I could put off forever and forever until maybe I was 30 or 42 or older and older. And the longer I waited, the harder it would be, both because of my increasing physical infirmity, because we're all (laughs) mortal and we're all falling apart, uh, but also because of the intense pressure Uh, the, the, the feeling that there was an intense pressure to do it and not wanting to deal with that pressure. And it became, it would become more and more embarrassing. And I'm very glad that I forced myself to go ahead and do it. And, uh, and despite the fact that Paul F. Tompkins accuses me of having amnesia, I do remember the incredible charge that a young man gets the moment he first sits behind, uh, the wheel of a Subaru Loyal, the hot rod (laughs) of Brookline, Massachusetts, and uh, and 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 punch that punch that baby up to 35 miles per hour buzz past Coolidge corner with uh with uh, car talk on the on the on the radio there's nothing like it uh and so you know this is it, it is not merely uh part of being a um a, a a member of society um you know there have been people who have Resisted getting the driver's license or resisting uh, on this podcast, resisting learning how to drive uh, manual, which I which I think is something everyone should be able to do, because what if apocalypse comes and all automatic transmission cease to work? But also it is. Uh, but for the same reason that it is an issue of, of safety, you know, you may need to drive someone who needs to be somewhere quickly. You may need to drive yourself somewhere uh, in order to take care of someone who needs your help. Uh, even if you if you do not wish to drive in the society, it is a, it is a skill that is invaluable to have, and it marks you as a as a uh, in a sense uh, as an adult. It is a it is a rite of passage uh, that I think we avoid not merely because it is inconvenient and a pain in the neck to get to driver's ed, but also because it has that connotation of adultness which some of us feel um a, a little bit uncomfortable with some of which may be listening to me speak right now uh named chris <laughs> more even to the point though you have a girlfriend who i presume you care about uh, a budding uh plant scientist who <clears throat> has had a seizure uh and and it, it is it that is a terrifying thing to have happen and can obviously uh require immediate help should it happen again and uh, and maybe is someone who needs to be very wary about how much she drives. And you have someone who represents that you have made a promise to learn to drive, that you choose to say that you have forgotten, but is nonetheless a statement that you made. <laughs> and all of this obviously adds up to a compelling reason for you to finally uh, get on the early bus and learn to drive. I don't even think that you... Uh, you make no counterclaim to that. The question is that as you are a serial procrastinator, <laughs> uh, how do you actually get Chris to learn to drive? I would say that the harsh way would be to say, Chris, you have until May to get your driver's license. And then you may drive to Lafayette and be with me. And if you are unable to drive yourself to Lafayette, uh, (laughs) please do not come. Um, I think that that is, uh, I do not tend to believe in ultimatums in relationships because they're often very cruel, but a sign at this point of Chris's willingness to overcome Uh, his uh, procrastination and do what he has so far failed to do and set out several times to do, but failed would be uh, welcome at this time in your relationship. Moreover, if he fails to do it yet again, I would consider it an equally ominous sign that he will never do what he sets out to do. It's harsh stuff, Chris. I hear you chuckling there. <laughs> I'm serious. You know, people people break up, or people live in, relationships live in different places and and lay down life markers for each other. And the ones who do what they say they're going to do, that tends to be a relationship that's happy. The ones that don't do what they say they're going to do while they're apart tend to be the relationships that are unhappy. And, Ruthie, you're undergoing a very serious course in plant science. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's <all> right. <laughs> And I think you deserve to know whether or not Chris is going to be able to meet you, not halfway, but 100% all the way in Lafayette under his own power, and want to be there with you license in hand. Ruthie, are you willing to make such an ultimatum to Chris at this time?
4: I I don't feel that I can do that.
1: I'm not going to order you to do it, but I do consider this to be as serious an issue that someone who is crueler than you, unless... And and, and 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 less forgiving than you might reasonably make in this sort of situation. So Chris, how else can we possibly motivate you to actually do what you say you are going to do? I order you to get your driver's license by May. And I order you, before then, to send to me at hodgman at maximumfund.org a photocopy of your driver's license. Also, I would like a photocopy of the front and back of the credit card you use the most, and your social security number. (laughs) (laughs) For different reasons. (laughs) And if you do not do so, you will be shamed publicly in front of a podcast audience of many thousands. And all will know your name in fact to make <laughs> to make this really clear what 's going to happen is by the end of the day today you are going to send me a photocopy or a, or a picture and email me a picture of your current learner's permit <laughs> I will hold it in uh, in secrecy until I receive a photocopy of your driver's license and if I do not get that photocopy of the driver's license i will I will black out your last name, because I don't and address. I don't want anyone to hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> That's common. But we will, but we will post your learner's permit, and repost this podcast, and we will say he didn't do it. Everybody, <laughs> how does that? Can sound? We, Yes.
4: Can we um, specify? Is this by the end of May or or the beginning?
1: I'll leave it up to you. What what date works best for you?
4: I feel like I should be nice, but then, you know, make it the end. But I do not feel I think you, I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think you have already been very nice. <laughs> Why don't we split the difference and say 15 May 2013? Mm-hmm. That's fair. I will not order you to learn to drive a manual transmission, though you sh- all people should be able to do that. Mm. I, think, I think baby steps is fine. Automatic transmission is fine. Uh, This is the sound of a gavel.
0: Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Ruthie, how are you feeling about this decision?
4: Well, you know, I'm not going to be confident until I see that he has gotten his license.
0: Just dump him. This guy's dragging you down. Get a new boyfriend at the National Academy. Of, what is it? At, at graduate school?
4: No, he's 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 too good. I mean, I, most of the things it's fine that he's this way, you know. And it's good because I'm I'm pretty neurotic, but you know, for this it just needs to get done.
0: Chris, whenever Judge Hodgman said something emotional, you giggled. <laughs> you know that that's the wrong answer. <laughs> i guess so
4: see what a non-committal answer that is (laughs) how
0: how are you feeling about this decision chris i'm perfectly fine with it i'll Um. bet you are (laughs) right right. well i've got high hopes for you chris thank you i'd like to see you fulfill them It's also possible you're a killer robot of some (laughs) (laughs) kind.
2: How could a robot use Skype? Wouldn't it cause interference?
0: (sighs) Ruthie, Chris, thank you for joining (laughs) us on the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. Good luck. Paul F. Tompkins, thank you for joining us in chambers. Jesse, it's my pleasure. This is lovely in here. Uh, John decorated it himself. Yeah, I put up a bunch of pictures of old Model T's and old
1: Auga car horns and old street signs. And I'm going to start uh, serving some pretty cool apps. Is that and deer head wearing oversized sunglasses? That's yeah, crazy, isn't it? It really is crazy. <laughs> because they don't do that in life. So what do you want to start with, our, our slamming boneless
0: buffalo wings? Or you just want <laughs> Well, we do have some cases on the docket we could go at. Oh, All right, cool. Here's something from Michael. I have a dispute with my best friend's wife, Devin. She works at the high school I attended and is responsible for asking for alumni donations during an annual fund drive. I have been called a monster by my friends for the following reasons. One, I asked Devin not to use U as in the letter U, "you are" as in the letters U and R, or any other shorthand internet speak when asking for gifts to an academic institution. Two, when she replied that she used shorthand to save time, I called her out on, quote, willful ignorance, unquote, of spelling convention. I would like an injunction. Devin must not use internet or text message shorthand in a business related email, and furthermore, in any personal text messages to me. Obviously, I agree with the guy who's writing in, the, the,
1: the, the best friend's. The best friend of her husband. The best friend of Devin's husband who's writing in. I agree. If you are, especially if you are asking people for money, yes. have, have the decency to, to not erode the language that we all use to communicate with each other. And treat me like a grown-up and not a child. Because if you're asking someone to check out your new ukulele YouTube or whatever, you can use internet shorthand. Of course, that's expected. But if you're asking someone for money for a school, that person is an adult and should be treated as one. And you shouldn't be eroding the language that we all use to communicate. Because when you do that, you're, you're, you are you know, eventually those spellings or those abbreviations will become common usage. And therefore they'll be part of our living language. And, you know, there suddenly everyone will start saying uh, a myriad of spelling errors instead of myriad spelling errors, and it'll just be chaos but at the same time i don't believe that anyone's calling this guy a monster <laughs> it's not true He put it in quotes though so it's clearly a direct quote oh no it's just in all caps nor nor do i nor do i think it's appropriate if true for him to be accusing her of being willfully ignorant of spelling <laughs> like suddenly this is the other sin of the internet right which is the incredible hyperbole the, the hyperbolic asymmetry of argument where a where a simple error is met with an incongruously outsized response, such as my favorite example, which involves Paul F. Tompkins. When Paul F. Tompkins and I were talking on Twitter about something, and I made a uh, an oblique and not particularly funny cultural reference where I referred to the famous uh, Belgian comic strip detectives Tompkins and Tompkins from Tintin, someone immediately replied to me on Twitter saying, it's Thompson and Thompson shithead <laughs> no did they really yes.
3: add that at the end Yeah, <laughs> my
1: god it really that, I mean, and that to me was one of those internet in a nutshell moments because the person was obviously correct I was making reference to Thompson and Thompson the characters from the Belgian comic book Tintin but there was no reason to call me a shithead and I'm sorry to use that language here on the podcast which I consider to be a more genteel form of human interaction than the internet itself so what I'm saying, dude, is take it down a thousand. And Devin, start spelling things out. Next, do you do you disagree with me, Paul? Jump in at any time.
3: No, I think you're right on both counts, and uh, I would have, I would further both of these people can die in a fire.
0: <laughs> so ordered. No, no, don't die in a fire, guys. Here's something from Greg. A few years ago, I attended a family reunion held at a historic hotel. In Asheville, North Carolina Beautiful Asheville One evening, someone mentioned that the hotel had a supposedly haunted suite Located somewhere in the Old Wing We consulted the information
1: I'm I'm not surprised it was the Old Wing
0: (laughs) No one ever goes there Could be a relatively contemporary haunting Could be the Rollerblade Killer or something (laughs) Fair enough We consulted the informational pamphlet supplied with our room and discovered that my parents were staying in the haunted suite. My mom was dismayed by this revelation. She said that the woman at the front desk had made no mention of any ghosts or hauntings and thinks that the hotel should have informed them before they checked in. I say ghosts aren't real, so the hotel wasn't under any obligation to say anything. I think that the hotel operators were trying to have their phantasmal cake and eat it, too. They flaunted the ghost story as part of their hotel's unique character and history, but then handed over the key card to the spooky suite without saying a word. For what it's worth, my parents did not report any spectral sightings during their stay, but this philosophical point has haunted me ever since. I asked the court's opinion. Was the hotel obligated to tell my parents that they were assigned to a haunted suite?
1: I hate to be the one to break this to you, but your parents are ghosts. <laughs> they they actually died 15 years ago in a mysterious hotel fire and they're haunting the haunted suite. Now, I hope your parents are not spectral phantasms but are wonderful, vital, healthy, old people who are just scared of ghosts. <laughs> Paul, I, I think this really hinges on whether or not this court will stipulate one way or the other to ghosts being real. Paul, do you believe in ghosts?
3: Uh, I do not believe in ghosts, uh, and, and consequently, I'm not afraid of none of them. Um, <laughs> uh, this is maybe my f- favorite <laughs> dispute that has ever been
1: brought before this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a thorny issue because there are people. just do you believe in ghosts? No, I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. And I also do not believe in ghosts. So from this court's point of view, ghosts are not real, and therefore the hotel has done nothing wrong by not alerting someone of a fictitious problem. But there are people who do believe in ghosts, including guess what dudes this is for reals, including my wife
3: <laughs> but now l- let me ask this if if you're if you're the hotel, yeah do you then You then have to ask people when they check in. Yes, okay. And uh, would you, uh, king
1: size or uh, queen? Okay. And do you believe in ghosts? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you something. Here's the thing. Uh, The answer is no. By the simple rule of caveat emptor. If you believe in ghosts and are afeared of getting maliced by ghosts while you sleep, maybe you should ask about it at the front desk yourself. Maybe you shouldn't be going to a hotel that brags about being a haunted hotel.
3: Well, now, we don't know for sure if they brag about being a... Ho- Do you know this hotel in question, Judge
1: Hodgman? Uh, no, I don't know this okay. hotel, ho- hotel in Asheville, North Carolina, though I'd love to go to it because Asheville's he, terrific. He does not say... Greg does not stipulate that the
3: hotel uh, um, warns people in advance um, yeah. that it's... Uh, oh, the, the informational pamphlet. It, they, they make okay. a certain amount of hay... Yes, I'm sure it's on their website. Sure. So, really, it's Greg
1: who should have told his parents that this hotel was haunted. This is a hotel. In their in their pamphlet, they say they have one haunted suite. Mm-hmm. Do they have an obligation to tell the people who are setting up shop in that suite? Because that's what people do in hotels. Yeah, they, <laughs> they set they set up little little shops. That's right. <laughs> right. The, the people who are who are going to stay in that suite, do they have an obligation to tell them this is the haunted one, by the way? And I think that the answer is no. I'd say it's caveat emptor. If you're staying at a hotel, you have a, a fear of ghosts, and you know that from the informational pamphlet that the ghost is haunt that the hotel has at least one haunting in it, you should be able to say, mm, "Could it be the non- haunted one, please?" Or can you tell me? But it is not on the hotel to inform you. That said, if the hotel does want to make hay off of the fact that it is a a haunted hotel, and there are plenty that do, then it might be to their business interests to ask people before they check in, haunted or non-haunted. Because that'll freak people out. That'll be exciting.
3: I think they should start it by asking, do you believe in ghosts? Because I think that's a much more interesting way to get that conversation
1: started. But that is the theater of the hospitality industry we're talking about. That is not a, a, an ethical or moral obligation that they have.
3: No, it's not. But I I would like the people checking in to
1: wonder if the people behind the desk are high. <laughs> so ordered. In this case, thank you, Paul. I <laughs> actually amend my my thoughts on this. And I believe that the hotel and indeed all hotels who have anything about being haunted in their promotional material should ask people when they check in, do you believe in ghosts? Would you prefer a haunted or non haunted room? And whatever they say, just say, that's not a problem. Your room is haunted or not haunted, depending on their preference. <laughs>
3: Yes, I can, they could just say that's not the haunted one. <laughs> oh, we've, oh, that pamphlet's out of date. The ghost
1: the ghost moved up two floors. Well, look, I'm, all I'm saying is if, if you're going to be playing a carny game of pretending that your hotel has supernatural powers, don't specify in your pamphlet which one is haunted. Allow yourself to play the game and give people the feeling that maybe this is the one, maybe this isn't the one. Uh, yeah, guess what a haunted hotels, Paul and Jesse and I just made you a bunch of money.
3: I'd also like it if uh, just every hotel asked people if they believed in ghosts when people checked in. That's why the Judge John Hodgman podcast, not the Judge Paul F. Tompkins podcast. You know,
1: I I also know someone else who believes in ghosts, and he told me the story about hiring a psychic to do a reading on his house, right, to see if it was haunted. This, How rich it, is this person? What's that? How rich is this person? He, he, he was, he's, he's not particularly rich, but he had, he, had, he had the phone number of a famous psychic... For, because he had done some professional work I see. with this psychic okay and he wanted to know if this house that he was considering buying in the country was haunted and he called the psychic and said I'd really like to know if this house is haunted and she said uh, what is the address of the house and he gave it to her and she said okay and there was a pause and she said no it seems fine to me <laughs> <laughs> on the phone on the phone <laughs> And he said, don't you want to come and walk around the house? She said, no, I don't need to. I'm a psychic. She should have just looked it up. She shouldn't even have had to ask. No, she did a psychic reading over the phone. And then he hired a dowser to find water on the property to dig a well. A dowser. I I think I know why this guy's not rich. (laughs) And I said, did he walk around the property with a a branch of you?" And he said no. He had some. He had two other. He had some more scientific dowsing instruments. And it was really interesting to see him work. And we were really lucky. And I said why? <laughs> and he said well originally he wasn't going to come to do the dowsing. I mean like he wasn't. And I said he wasn't going to do it at all. And he said no. He wasn't going to come and he wasn't. going I called him. And I said do you need to come out and do t- t- do the dowsing? When can we be there to let you onto the property? He said. He originally said, "Oh, I don't need to be there. Just fax me the the surveyor's layout of the property, and I, I'll do it here at home with my miniature dowsing instruments." Wow. I have to say, I my instinct is that ghosts aren't real, and I don't I'm not I'm not afraid of any ghosts. But I would say that I have no problem with someone hiring a psychic to check out their house if that's what they want to do. I have no problem with someone hiring a dows'er to attempt to find water if that's what they want to do. People should enjoy themselves, but honestly purveyors of psychic pseudoscience, like, put some effort in. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, do your job. Absolutely. Do your job, make the woo-woo noises, and get out there and do it. You know, otherwise, I, I have no respect for your craft. Look, those ghost catchers, on uh, uh, that reality
3: show? Sure. They, ghost hunters, right? Well, I'm sure they, there are 15 different kinds of ghost, well, ghost I think. Shows. Well, I say go- I realize it's ghost hunters and not ghost catchers, because they've never caught one. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> they those guys there's no such thing as ghosts everyone knows it <laughs> they go out there and they pretend to hunt for ghosts and they, and they but they actually go to the trouble of going out there and they have their you know uh electro and whatever it is that they've made up that they carry around they're, and they they're, pretend they're very special ed hardy t-shirts yeah they pretend to be excited uh about the prospect of uh, new ghosts uh they go through the whole rigmarole and um i give them all the credit for that absolutely
1: and, and, hey, everybody, I'm a in by nature. Do you know what I mean? Just because I'm a skeptic doesn't mean I believe I, I'm, I'm not unwilling to be convinced by evidence. If, if someday there is evidence that there are ghosts, no one is going to be happier than me. Because that might mean that when I die, I don't simply become non-existent meat dust. But until that time happens, I don't believe in no ghosts. It would be nice to know that we could all become tortured souls with unfinished business on Earth. Would you prefer, w- let me ask you this question. Would would you prefer to be a tortured soul, wandering the earth, unable to touch or communicate with anybody, and also wearing weird old-timey clothes for eternity, or be unsentient meat dust and not exist at all? Your consciousness just
3: goes away. It was a real coin toss till you mentioned the old-timey clothes, and now uh, that's what I want to do. Correct. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Right, because this, after all, ladies and gentlemen, is Paul F. Tompkins. That's right. Now, are you saying it would be the clothes that I'm in that would eventually become old-timey, or are you saying that once I become a ghost, I have a Revolutionary War uniform on?
1: No, you get to pick your own wardrobe. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. From from any era? From any era. Oh, I love it. Hey, everybody who's listening, this is, the first of all, the longest and among the most pleasant, uh, du- pleasantly divergent dockets that we've ever cleared. Uh, I want to thank Paul at for being an expert witness. Now, Paul, you are traveling via science. That is to say, you're getting in an airplane and flying That's to correct. England is also correct. correct. That is right. To perform I w- shows.
3: I will be appearing at the Soho Theater in London. Um, this is my uh, stand-up comedy debut in the United Kingdom. Is that so? Yes, the, the April
1: 2nd through the 13th. I wish I could be there, Paul. I'm really mad. I wish you could too, John. Yeah, I'm, I may even try to, to get out there, but anyone who is listening in the UK... Yeah, I'm, wish, I'm wishing that the audience would be there. Anyone who is listening in the UK and uh, and uh, and who has access to the UK in any way, uh, the Soho Theatre in London, that's the capital of England, and the UK, April 2nd through the 13th, nightly shows? That's correct. Well, uh, uh, that's your West End debut. I believe I have Mondays. 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 I'm dark. So there is no. So that's a big. That's a big run. There's no. There's no reason that people shouldn't catch all of the shows. No reason that I can think of, John. Oh, that's gonna be very exciting. I I envy you for, for for performing there. That's something that I, I think you're gonna have a lot of fun doing, and I cannot wait to hear how great it goes. And I would be very sad if I lived in the UK and I missed it.
3: Well, John, thank you very much. I appreciate the promotion.
0: I would also mention that if folks don't have access to the United Kingdom, let's say they can't, they don't live there, they can't fly a plane, they don't know how to use a telephone, they don't know how to use a gun. For whatever reason, they probably still are podcast enthusiasts and could check out the Pod F Tomcast. One of the best podcasts that exists. You guys, these
1: plugs, they're uh, making me blush. And Jesse, you got anything you want to mention? the
0: the boat boat party dot biz boat party biz is coming up but i will also mention that uh we're just about to have the max fund drive as you know this show and all of our shows at maximumfund.org are supported by you the audience and we ask for your money once a year and it's coming up april 1st through 15th we've got awesome thank you gifts and all kinds of stuff so um if you're listening to this during that time Get your butt over to MaximumFun.org slash donate and support this show. We're going to be on your Twitters and your Facebooks and giving out prizes and having a big live show. Me and Jordan are going to be hosting a big live show that will be streaming to the Internet.
1: I'll be sending you a bunch of badly spelled, unpunctuated, uncapitalized texts asking you for money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You monster. <laughs> well, um, you're willfully ignorant.
0: But yeah, the Max Fun Drive, MaximumFun.org slash donate. It's going to be the first through uh, Monday the first through Friday the twelfth. And we only do it once a year. So that is really the time to get up off your rear and and support this show and all the shows we make at MaximumFun.org.
1: Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. And thank you, everybody else in the world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.MaximumFun.org and our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.
1: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.